dropped some testimonies from last week, and I really appreciate that. And even this morning, people who have uh, shared uh, what God has been doing in their life, and uh, a family that sent me a postcard. I mean, that they took their time to say uh, they appreciated and something was happening in their life. So uh, praise God for that. He gets all the glory. I mean, we are just here to, to deliver the message, and God is the one who gets the glory. God is the one who does all the work. So praise God for that one, and thank you for being proactive in, in uh, encouraging the, me as a deliverer of the message. Because sometimes, uh, even though we have done this uh, for many years, and as pastors, uh, this is our calling, we get tempted, we, we, uh, the enemy is at our doors. Uh, there's always fight, wrestling with the uh, kingdom of darkness. And uh, I can't uh, begin to explain to you how much uh, uh, benefit there is in testimony, in people saying that God has done something. Even this morning, uh, our sister here were sharing with us a, 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 a wonderful miracle that happened within our family. So a church, uh, as a church family, we really need to start hearing those things to boost our faith. That was what we were talking last week. So faith is very important. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I, my prayer this morning is the same thing, that God will send you away from here with a testimony. That you will go home and tell people. It's no longer asking people to come to God's house because of salvation alone, even though that is very important. But uh, I really want us to, to be a family of a, a church family that has something more than just, uh, you know, save your life, come, come run to the church. It, it has to be more than that. It has to, 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 it has to contain the message of uh, deliverance as well. Come to our God and there is something that you can uh, benefit. God has a, 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 a better plan for your life. You just come into the presence of God and something will change in your life. So that is what I, my prayer is for this church as we leave from this, this place, even this Sunday and the, the next few Sundays that we're spending together, that there will be this attitude of engaging people in every area of our life and we know what to say and we know how to bring them in. And I think God will do something today because he's a mighty God. Let me read one scripture verse, and then we'll pray shortly, and then we jump into our, my message this morning. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 5. As we were worshiping this morning, usually this is, this is the time that I, I, I get sensitive messages from the Holy Spirit. As we worship, worship opens something in, in, in the heavenly. So as we were worshiping our God earlier this morning, this verse came to my heart. I want to read it in, in a short prayer, and we'll go into the, the message here. Isaiah chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn over to verse 5. The splendor of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it at the same time. That's what I wanted us to focus on as we pray this morning. God's splendor will be displayed for people to see. It is not a secret thing that we're handing over to people. 
it's not an invisible thing that we're handing over to people. It's a splendor of our God. Hallelujah. The greatness of our God will be displayed and people will see. If you continue to read the verse, it says that this has been declared by God. Not by a pastor. It's not a desire of somebody who stands here and and, uh, want to be validated by God because what we carry needs to be from God. But this verse says that it is a declaration from God because that's what he desires. He desires to put himself on display. That's the God we worship. Hallelujah. So my prayer today is that you will see that, that power of God, that splendor of your king in going out into the world, we, we, we're so excited to meet people and tell them, you know what, what, what my God did in church today? That's the kind of environment God wants to create this morning. So if you don't mind, please, if you stand with me just for a short prayer. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit's presence in this place as we go into sharing the word of God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we we praise you this morning for who you are. I don't know how, in what condition people have come this morning, Lord. But there is a likelihood that many people are broken. Many people want your touch. And many more people are excited in desirous to see the splendor of the king. They might have been a Christian a long time, Lord. But even baby Christians. But we are desiring to see your splendor. That's why we're here this morning, Lord, to see. Because you are the only God that can reveal yourself. You are a self-revealing God. No one else can reveal you, Lord. It is you. So we pray this morning that your splendor will surround this this auditorium. People will start seeing you from different angles. In different conditions. And Lord, the the response will be that we, we will fall down with our face down to the ground. And start worshiping you because we, our eyes have seen the king. Hallelujah. That is my prayer this morning, that you would penetrate our, our environment in this place. You, you will interfere with our personal plans. Changes will happen in this place. Lord, we invite you. Without you, we are nothing. So overtake this place, Lord. And we come against every demonic spirit. Every deceptive spirit in this place, Lord, they have been assigned to such a time as this. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke this power of the enemy. Lord, we break every bondage that comes between you and your people. That wants to hinder the splendor that you want to display. In the name above every name, through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We rebuke them and we command them to exit this place, Lord. Deliver your people and minister to your people. Lord, we we call sickness by name in the mighty name of Jesus. They need to 
bow down in the presence of our king. Lord, set us free this morning. We want to sit in your presence as your people as we are eating and receiving from your word. We thank you for all you have done already. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, give him glory as you sit down. Be seated. Thank you. God bless you. We're gleaning uh, from the story of Samson the past two weeks. Uh, Samson is, uh, is a, a type of a, an overcomer, and we mentioned that. And the enemy is at his heel, and uh, the enemy's secret, uh, secret weapon uh, has been um, exposed in the history, uh, in the story of uh, Samson. And that uh, secret weapon is uh, the enemy wants to bind us. The enemy wants us to, to, to take away the power and the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we become a normal Christian, a normalized Christian. And we have defined a normal Christian by saying that we accept the faith that is in the world as it is with face value. Instead of saying that what God has for me does not fit with what I see around me. Therefore, I choose to believe what God has said or declared about me rather than what I see around me. That is a victorious Christian mindset. Whereas the normal Christian mindset is the, the one that accepts everything in life. I don't know how this has become the culture of the church. I think it has become a very uh, offensive culture of the church where we accept everything around us. We, we think God is sovereign because of his sovereignty. He is assigning certain things in this world. So we don't want to oppose the sovereignty of God. Therefore, we concluded that we need to accept everything that comes in our way without any fight, without any resistance. And this mindset has been exploited by, by Satan to bring the church into, into a state of being bound. That's why it's very important to study the story of Samson and Samson continuously resisting this idea of being bound. And he knew where the, the, the strength, the power lied in his life. When he was talking to Delilah, he said that I have been anointed. There is some sacred relationship between me and my God. That's where the strength comes from. When you touch that, I will be a normal Christian. So that's what, this is what we've been discussing. In week one, we talked about the power that the enemy is after. The first one will be righteousness that has been imparted to us from the Lord Jesus Christ. If we compromise in that area, then we, we, we become normal Christians because there's no strength flowing through us. Our righteousness has been compromised in believing that it is my righteousness that affects the work of the Lord rather than his righteousness that I accept by faith. Then in week two, we went and built up on that by saying that when we have the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ, out of that heart flows faith. It is without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the, the underlying, the foundational work has been done through the righteousness that has been imparted to us. Based on that impartation, then we start extending and exerting 
power, which is faith. I'm going to read one verse again from the scriptures. I will come back to that one. Uh, if you go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, I'm going to go quickly if you jot down the, the references. This is what the scripture says. Because everyone who has been fathered by God conquers the world. Can you say amen to that one? I mean, this is a, this is a big concept for, for our, uh, our generation Christian to accept. Let me read it one more time. Because everyone who has been fathered by God conquers the world. Have you been fathered by God? Can you show me your hands, please, if you're saved? According to the scripture, you have already overcome the world. And then look, look he, he will continue to describe it by, by saying, this is the conquering power that has conquered the world. What is it? Our faith. Our faith. It's a conquering power. So today, based on this faith, we're going to evolve this faith into something different. That's what I want to share with you. The third power that the enemy is after from a, uh, overcoming Christian is a, is a power of prayer. So I want to, in, in our time together, I want to connect faith in the power of prayer and why the enemy is after that. But in doing that, I'm just going to follow the pattern that I have been following. I'm going to give you four points. This is five, I think. This. Four points, as we've been doing. Uh, just to simply uh, leave something tangible in your life as I, I bring the word of God over to you. The first one is Samson's prayer. If, 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 you, if you are anyone who has, been, who has uh, spent uh, you know, a length, a, some, some length of time in the story of Samson, you start noticing that Samson is not a man of prayer. Samson is a man of power, is a man of strength. Because of his power and strength, he never needed to pray. There are at least two areas uh, in the story, in the entire story, that uh, two prayers of Samson came out or recorded for us in the scriptures. Both of them were when Samson was in trouble. But I just want you to, to, to see from this story that how powerful his prayers were even though he wasn't praying on a regular basis even though his life was not a life of prayer as we see it from outside but he prayed to powerful prayers the two prayers that are recorded are magnificently uh, impressive as, as a man of prayer I want to take you to those two passages and then from there we will continue the first one is recorded in Judges chapter 15 verse 18 if you have your Bibles turn over there so we can read it together these two um, instances of uh, Samson's prayer he was very thirsty this was at the end of his uh, massive victorious uh, um, move with, he, he clashed with the, with the army of the Philistines and he killed over 3,000 people with a jawbone. I mean, that's, that's impressive. 
this guy, just a weapon. It wasn't even a spiritual involvement. It wasn't God, like God was doing something from heaven and destroying his enemy. He was just having a small jaw, jawbone in destroying 3,000 people. In doing so, he naturally became thirsty. So notice, his power is an external power. He just delivered a massive uh, victory against his enemy. But with a, with a comparably small need, he started getting crushed. He got thirsty from inside. So this led him to pray this kind of prayer. This is what he said. Let the name of God be, uh, no, I will go up to 15.8. You have given your servant this great victory, but now must I die for thirst, fall into hands of the Philistines. Because of that prayer, very short but powerful prayer, God did a miracle that an earth broke open to deliver water to, to Samson. His prayer was so effective. This is some, one thing that we notice about the prayer of faith in the scriptures. It really brings an answer, massive answer, an expected answer from God because God is an almighty God. So when he hears these people's cry, God always responds. So in this case, uh, what, uh, Samson was saying, should I die by thirst? I mean, look, this is the massive victory that you have just given to me over my enemies. Why should I die with this uh, 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 small need of thirst? So God attended to that. And then Samson was refreshed to go on to do more exploit. The second one, of course, is at the end of the story where they captured him. And at the end... He wanted to take revenge over his enemy, and he prayed this prayer, uh, this prayer in 1628. Samson called to the Lord, O Master, Lord, remember me. Strengthen me just one more time, O God, so I can get swift revenge against the Philistines uh, for my two eyes. And as uh, we see it from the story, God answered that prayer as well, so Samson overcame. So today I just want us to connect this idea of prayer. Especially I want to take you in a certain direction because prayer is a, a, a big uh, topic. I don't want to uh, presume to, to start capturing everything within this uh, uh, little time we have here. So I'm going to jump to the second point that I have. Connection between faith and prayer. There are generally two types of faith. In the scriptures or you see in, uh, displayed in the family of God. One is enduring faith. Second is conquering faith. I'm going to repeat these because I really want you to catch this. And I want you to see where you are in terms of the faith categories. One is enduring faith. That means that whenever you are facing uh, difficulties, you have the the faith to endure it. Not a faith to overcome it, but a faith to endure it. Endurance means that 
what is coming against you exists in the same place while you are not being defeated by its power. Did you catch that? I want to repeat this. Enduring faith means that what you are faced against remains in the place where it is. If you are facing sickness and you are facing sickness with enduring faith, it is not the sickness that is removed. It is your reaction towards this, the sickness that the enduring faith helps you. You see that? It's very important to, 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 to see the connections in prayer. So sometimes when we're coming to prayer with an enduring faith, it is easy to say that, Lord, thy will be done. I am here and I'm leaving it with this. I'm not fighting. I am accepting it. I, just give me grace. That is what comes out of the enduring faith. But what comes out of conquering faith is different. Conquering faith says that there is something that uh, alien that is coming against me. So I take it this not to be your will. So I am resisting it for it to be removed. I need to overcome. I need to conquer. I need these things to go away. So you can, you can put yourself in one of these two categories. But remember the verse that we started uh, the service with, uh, Isaiah chapter 40. I, I, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5 and 6 is a conquering faith. God wants to display his power, his strength in what is happening in our lives. So today, where I want us to move into is from maybe enduring faith to conquering faith. And then we are praying one area, specific area that is going to benefit the church, benefit God's people. It has certainly benefited my life, praying in that fashion. That's why I want to take you into the third area the third uh, point that I have here, it is a uh, prayer of change. On this one, I want you to put on your thinking cap because I'm going to take you through something. Maybe um, it, it may be a little bit challenging to some people who have not experienced this territory of, uh, uh, of uh, victorious or conquering faith. Okay, I'm going to take you through three verses in, in uh, three stages of where we're going. The first one is Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. If, you, if you're getting it, come on, give me a swing, okay? Don't, don't sleep on me today. Daniel chapter 2. The few Hebrew boys that were captured by Babylon got in trouble. Because the king dreamed something and then he wanted an answer that nobody could provide. Even the, the soothsayers and these uh, um, um, magicians came to, to the king and they said, that what you're requiring of us, it, it can only be answered by the gods. This is Babylonian thinking. They said it can only be provided to you by the gods. And we know that the gods do not dwell among people. See, this is the heir of, of Babylon. 
But according to our faith, it is not the gods, but our God dwells among his people. That's why things can, can come out. Secrets can come out because our God communicates to his people. And Daniel was one of those people whom had the spirit of God in him. So he was able to deliver this message to the king. But before he started doing that, he started giving praise to God. And then he started uh, um, uh, addressing his God in a certain way. That's what I want to read to you from uh, verse 20 and 21. Saying, let the name of God be praised forever and ever. For wisdom, power belongs to him. He changes times and seasons. Hallelujah. If if you catch this this morning, it's going to be, Lord help us. What does he do? He changes times and seasons. Look at how how Daniel continues to think this way. Deposing some kings and establishing others. Giving wisdom. And then he continues. When God, because of his ability, changes times and seasons, that means he brings kings that are Connected to a certain season that he is starting. He is also removing those who are disconnecting from this new season. Hallelujah. This is vitally important to understand. How do we conquer things? There needs to be a change of season. There needs to be a change of time. The time and season carry certain connection to certain things in the spirit realm. So whenever God is changing times, then your condition will go from the old season and time into the new season and time. If you, if you have it, can you say amen? So what Daniel is saying is that the dream that you're seeing involves a lot of Kings coming into the scene and going out of the scene. But it is very difficult for you to believe that. Now you are very situated in this government that it is hard for you to imagine God will kick you out. But let me tell you why it happens. Because God in heaven is a God who changes times and seasons. Hallelujah. Because of what he does in the spirit realm then you are the consequence of the change of time. You will go, some other kings will come after you. This is a very fundamental understanding of how God operates. I'm going to mention something so that you can, you can uh, start um, dealing with it while I do the rest of few minutes that I have here, Okay? The, the problem that you're dealing with is connected to the season that you're in. Just chew on that. So as a conquering faith comes in, we start praying for change of season. I don't have to pray for what I am fighting with. Once I enter into this new season, what I have been fighting with will drop. That's why as a church body, we need to pray more for change of season. 
Okay, the second point. All right, second point. First Samuel, go in the scriptures. First Samuel, twelve seventeen. I think I'm pressing my time here, but I'm sorry. This is this is where the children of Israel requested a king. And Samuel was, uh, was uh, uh, the priest king in between God and his people and his delivering. Look, you guys made a mistake. But I want to, to assure you, I want to show you God still wants to work with you. And he wanted to say something to them uh, to, to, to um, establish that faith in, in their life. So verse 17, quickly. Is this not the time of the wheat harvest? Okay, this message, uh, there are four seasons in America. It may not click right. So put your fingers there, and then let's go to Proverbs quickly. Proverbs 26.1. Let me establish something and then come back to this verse. Proverbs 26.1. Like snow in the summer. Maybe Minnesota. (laughs) Here sometimes, you know, you you might be able to get snow in the summer. So it's, it's unpredictable. But look what the the scripture is establishing. Like snow in the summer or rain in the harvest. Those are incompatible things. Snow is never in the summer. Rain is never in the harvest. Because harvest is a dry season. See, that's what the scripture says. So with this understanding, let's go back to Samuel. What is he saying? Samuel is saying... Is this not the time of the wheat harvest? Now tell me what he means. Huh? It's a dry season. There is no rain. Then right after that, this is what he says. Because of that, I will call on the Lord so that he makes thunder and rain. Look at this man of God, how he trusts his God to change season. Isn't it a dry season for you now? Yes, okay, I'm going to pray and the season will change. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Give me a wave here. Give me a wave. This is important. As we are grasping this idea of change of season, Samuel is saying that God is able to, to bring this about. Look, from within a day of meeting together, we're, we're moving from a dry season into a rainy season because of prayer. <sighs> I hope God connects with you guys this morning. This is what we're going to be doing here in a little while. I don't care what season you are in. As we are coming as a body of Christ and we're pressing in. With this idea of, Lord, I'm tired of this season that I am in. This matter is always kicking me around because it is its season. If you change this season, Lord, everything will stop. That's how the church starts becoming victorious because the church will enter into a new season. Hala, come and help me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. In the first book of Acts, it was a season for God to do things. So miracles were happening because it was the season. Okay, let's jump to the third point here. 
And how does heaven react to this seasonal change? Song of Solomon, quickly, chapter 2. And then I'm going to uh, take you into verse 11 and to verse 13. Look, the winter has passed. The winter rains are over and gone. And then in verse 12, he describes how that change is evident. Okay, trees are budding, this is this, this and that. I don't, I don't want to uh, waste, not waste, but I don't want to take too much time in describing that. I want to jump in um, verse 13. How does heaven react to a change of season? The fig trees are budded, the vines have uh, blossomed and give off their fragrance. Come away, my darling, my beautiful one. Come away with me. See how heaven reacts to a change of season? The rain is gone. I cannot call you to come to me while the rain is there because it will hinder you. Now the rains are gone, I will call you to me. That means change of season will bring new relationship. Hallelujah. See, this, this is what we need to enter into. Satan is afraid that God's people will start using change of seasons. Let me give you a very short one and then conclude with this, with the fourth point here. Remember when Jesus Christ was in Gethsemane and his disciples were trying to defend him and they only did one damage. Peter cut, uh, you know, the, 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 the officer's ears. And Jesus Christ mended that and then said, stop, don't do that, don't fight. And then right after that, he said something that boggles people's mind. He said that this is the season that the kingdom of darkness is elevated. Who is saying this? The Son of God. Jesus is saying that it was a given season to the kingdom of darkness to seemingly overcome the kingdom of light. So let's not fight because it comes with the season. But Sunday morning, a different season came. It's a different season. Even Jesus Christ operated in different seasons. He knew what season brings what. As a church, we got to enter into some new seasons. How does that come? By prayer, collective prayer. We come together and say, Lord, give us the, the season where the Holy Spirit flows. Guys, I, I am a living witness to see that season. A, a, a military government tried to destroy churches in Ethiopia. It was a bad, bad uh, condition. But there was a favorable season for the church. As they were trying to destroy them, the church was overtaking. Even the people that were sent from the government to spy out the church were being converted. You know why? It was a favorable season on the church. It wasn't the, the systematic thinking of Ethiopian Christians. But it was a season. People were getting delivered. Holy Spirit was filling people. People were rising up. Baby Christians were maturing with very short time. Why? Season. 
favorable season from God. In America, we got to enter that again. That's why we got to pray for a change of season. As Gateway Church, my message to you guys this morning, I was waiting for this third part of our, 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 my message here. Because this is a turning point. As we are start praying for this season and entering into it, things will start happening in the church. People walk in the church and start uh, connecting with God because it is his season. My fourth point is this then. In order for us to pray very shortly, we got to identify the current season. Remember what Samuel said? Isn't it what? A harvest season. I know the current season, he said. Don't confuse it with the coming season. So what is your current season? Individually, what is your current season? I want to pray for you. Church leaders here, pastors and elders, collectively, what is the season of the church right now? What is gateway season has been? Has it been very difficult? You know, a lot of prayers, no returns. People being, what has been the season for the church? We identify the current season and we pray for the desired season. With that, God will bring a desirable season down for us. And the current season will pass because God is the God who changes what and what? Times Okay, one more time, one more time. God is, what kind of God do you serve? He is the God who changes times and seasons. That's what he does. By changing those, things will come to a different perspective. As we are entering into prayer time, I think worship team, uh, they have a last worship uh, songs that they need to do. But I want us to sit wherever we are. Eyes closed. I apologize for the time. We're going to be doing two prayers. One is individual. Let's finish that. Get it out of the way. Identify your condition right now. Look back and see a month, two, three, six months, a year. What kind of season has it been for you? Identify it. Medical problems, financial problems, spiritual hardships. Identify it. And name it. Isn't this this kind of season? And look to God who's able to change times and seasons. Hallelujah. Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. We hang on to the promise right now, Lord, that you are the God that changes times and seasons. In the name above every name, Lord, I declare... As your servant Samuel did. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, let a different season, a desirable season come for that person.
that individual seated, uh, seated in, in, in the pews here, Lord. It is not in vain that you, you, you wooed them into the sanctuary today. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare, we collectively declare for change of season. Lord, for that desirable season to come in, for them to hear your voice, come out, my love. Come out. It is time for us to fellowship. Come higher. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I declare that for personal seasons to change. For this second prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up, please. It may be a little difficult for us, but let's hold hands. And elders and church leaders, I want you to stand in between the gaps of aisles. Please help me with this as we are concluding our prayer here. As people are holding hands, leaders and elders stand in the gap. Spread yourselves out and stand in the gap. We're closing the gap and we are collectively praying for a change of season for this church. I really believe that something is coming. I really do believe that something is coming in this church. It's a new season that God has been declaring ever since I've been here the first time. He's been speaking over this church. And the Lord is really heavily putting this on my heart. There will be a seasonal change for this church. Hallelujah. So, Lord, collectively we're coming to you. We're coming to you, Lord. People that have struggled for years, they have concluded this is their portion and they are, they're falling into this enduring faith just to be there, to be alive until the end. Father, that will change. There will be conquering faith coming over the church of Gateway here, Lord. We will enter into a new season. Favorable season, Lord. Spiritually favorable season. Because of that, the harvest will be plenty. Because of that, Lord, lives will be touched. Because of that, changes will happen. Hallelujah. In the name above every name, Holy Spirit, we call you down. We invite you in this place, Lord. The God who changed times and seasons for Nebuchadnezzar. The mightiest king in human history. You deposed him because you changed the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. New times, new seasons. As we worship here and wait for you, Lord. I'm going to allow the worship team to start. And then as we pray and worship, let the Holy Spirit uh, do the meditation in our hearts. And then at the end, Pastor Joel will come here and close in prayer. Then we will drop our hands. But please, I ask you, let's just unite in spirit as we wait for the Lord. Something new is coming. Amen.